All right. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. As you can hear, I've got my voice back, so I am back in full effect. And Corey is in trouble today because I got a lot of words to use. They built up over the last week. This show is for entrepreneurs and small business owners, and we focus on ways to improve your business, grow your revenue, and answer those perplexing questions that you have as business owners. Defeat the chaos where entrepreneurs know they have to compete every day. Hey, Corey. What's happening, Julie? How are you doing over there? Doing well. How are you doing today? I'm great. You want to tell them about our guests today? Sure. We've got Jake Thompson on and uh, to tie into that intro there, he's the uh, he's a keynote speaker and author, and he's the chief encouragement officer at Compete Every Day. This is a brand he started in 2011. They originally just started t- selling, or he originally started selling t-shirts out of his uh, car, and he works with organizations and individuals around the country. Um, helping them develop daily habits, mental resilience, leadership skills. Um, he's just committed to helping people be better. And, and as the title of his book uh, states, compete every day. So we enjoy that sentiment just in general because competition is good and motivation and challenging yourself and all of that stuff is good. Yeah, I'm excited to have Jake on. I really I like Jake. I love his T-shirts. I have of dozens of them, all of them with the sleeves cut off, because that's kind of what I do. But um, he's a he's a really good guy. We've talked to him. We talked to him very early on when we started SB Pace, um, and just kind of talked about how the pandemic was impacting his business. And I know that he's done a full rebound, and he's just Jake. Jake's a really good guy. So excited to talk to him and have him on the show as a guest. Yeah, his his business was hit particularly hard because his. Uh, like the, the core of his business was in-person gatherings, yeah, meetings, speaking. conferences, yeah. like that type of stuff. And when you're not allowed to travel or get in groups larger than two, that's <laughs> kind of rough. That is very, very rough. So um, we'll, we'll have a great conversation with him, but before we bring Jake on, we're going to, we're going to talk about some things just between you and I. Perfect. Yeah. What do you, we, what do you want to hit on first? Cause we've got a lot of things we want to talk about today. Well, I think that we should just start off by talking about getting motivated. Let's get motivated for this this conversation with Jake and get motivated in general because there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who have ideas, who tell their friends and family, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna start a business, I'm gonna travel more. And six to twelve months later, they haven't done anything. It's like that um episode of the office where like Ryan has a pretty good burn on Pam where he like she's talking about so he's like yeah you're gonna talk about like doing this that or the other but you're probably just gonna end up going to like spending a weekend at the lake like, <laughs> you know I can't remember exactly what it was but but that's that's the way it is I've got I've got plenty of friends who talk 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 all day long I need to change my life I need to fix this that they are like cool do it they don't ever do it and it's to the point now where I don't like that's not even a conversation that I I hold with them. Yeah. They bring it up and I'm all right, good. Just you're going to disappoint everybody again. That's fine. You know what I say to those people? Scram. Scram loser. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I have a thought on motivation. Um, I think it's bullshit. So it's fleeting, right? Like you can't, you cannot rely on motivation or you should not rely on motivation to get big things done. Motivation will get you started, but it's not going to finish it for you. Okay. I uh, ex- 
Explain that further. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. No. The look on your face also confirms it doesn't yes. make sense. To and everybody you. out there can't see my face. You cannot so. see your face. They're missing out right now. Sure. So motivation isn't you can't if you want to accomplish big things in life, you cannot depend on motivation to be the thing that helps you get them done, because motivation is if you only worked out when you were motivated to do it, how frequently would you work out? Like you have to have discipline. You have to have habits. You have to rely on consistency. It's not motivation that gets gets you places. It's literally discipline. So I think motivation is good. It might get you started, but motivation isn't going to get you across the finish line. That's my take on it. Okay. And that makes sense, I guess. Like and it, it's motivation is the is the starter, but you need to have the a plan. You got to have all sorts of things in place in order yeah. to be successful. I want you to um, say the words, Julie, you are correct. Didn't I say I agree with that? Julie, <laughs> you are correct. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a weird thing that you want to be correct on, but <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be right on something. That's today. fine. It well, might be the only time it happens today, hey, Corey. Hey, no, I don't know. I mean, you, you have, um, you hit your football pick last week and I didn't. So you I were sure correct did. last week. I sure did. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, the, it, it's you can use motivate motivation to be a starter, and I mean you need you need motivation throughout the day because you're sitting on you're sitting on your ass all day in front of your computer working. You're tired. You had a just a, a marathon of Zoom meetings, and yeah. you're just not mentally there. Like you you have to kind of motivate yourself to get up to go to the gym or that discipline. evening. Sure. I mean, but, but at that it, it's, I think it's the same thing at that point. It's like, oh, I don't want to go. All right, cool. Let me, uh, let me just start moving. Let me go Yeah. put, put on my gym clothes. Let me do all of these things to kind of just get myself prepped and ready to go. Because mm-hmm. the, there's all those a-holes out there who talk about, oh, you know, like I wake up at four 30 in the morning and I get in a four mile run and <laughs> I um, have, you know, I've done my taxes before my children are even up in the morning. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how much I believe you. I'm sure there are some people out there who do that, but for the vast majority of the world, it's like four 30. It's okay, cool. I'm going to hit snooze once. And then I'm going to get up at six because my snooze is an hour and a half long and <laughs> <laughs> slowly make my way into, yeah. into the day. I, I think, well, there are, there is data that's, that suggests that the earlier you get up in the day, the more likely you are to be successful. So I think out of the two of us, I'm far more, like, far more likely to be successful. Sure. <laughs> you can just yeah keep telling yourself that. Right. No, that, like, listen, yeah, I, I, there is a lot of data that suggests. I'm, I'm, that. Yeah, but that's also, I, I feel like, and this is, I think, a good segue into the next topic that we're going to get into. But I do too. But the data doesn't consider everything. I agree. And so you have, you have these people, uh, however many uh, successful CEOs or business owners are out there who do wake up early and they're like, I get a nice start on my day, but they're in bed by 9 PM. Mm. And that's I feel like you're describing me right now. Sure. <laughs> but, but that doesn't work for everybody. No, it because, doesn't. Because and- like that, not, there's not a one size fits all. And there's plenty of successful people out there who just get started at 9 p.m. Right. You know, and yeah. it's like it, like the idea of going to bed before midnight is ridiculous. Right. I think I think it's it, it's a really it's a matter of understanding when you perform at your best. When's your peak performance time? 
and taking advantage of that and understanding that you go through, you know, peaks and valleys throughout your day and taking advantage of the peaks and really leveraging the valleys to sort of recover. And understanding who you are as a person, because right. that's, that's the whole thing. It's that, and, and we can jump into the whole concept of um, using data for decision-making, but we, we f- will put something out there. And by we, I mean, uh, scientist or the government or the CDC that says, here's this thing. Everybody needs to abide by it. Like the food pyramid, not taking into consideration that everybody's different. And for the love of God, all we do is tell everybody that everybody, that you're all unique. You're all different. You're all special. But now we all have to do the same thing. No, that's not how it fucking works. It's not how it works. Before we dive into talking about data, and I meant to talk about this right at the top of the show, I do want to send out like best wishes today to Ian Smith and his business partner, Frank. They are the owners of Attilus Gym in Belmar, New Jersey, and they are attending a Zoom court hearing today where they pled guilty to criminal contempt in the fourth degree. And that really the criminal content is, contempt is that they took the doors off of their gym so they could remain open during the pandemic. And I saw a stat the other day. I was actually just at their gym last weekend. I saw a stat the other day that they have had over 350,000 people come into their gym in the last 24 months and not a single single issue with COVID inside of that gym, but they are, they're facing some big penalties. Um, both of them, $10,000 fines and each of them up to 18 months in prison for keeping their business open. And, um, I, well, I think I speak, I'm going to speak for both of us. And if I'm wrong, correct me, we stand behind Ian and Frank and the ability for them to run their business and to keep it open as long as they're doing things safely and in the best interest of the community. And they are all about health. So we hope that things turn out very well for them today and that they, they win that battle. Yes. And Ian was on our podcast not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And for anybody out there who immediately has an opinion one way or the other, you should go listen to that podcast and listen to the story uh, because it's not like most things. It's not just what you see on the surface. It's not that clickbait headline there's a lot of stuff that you need to read at like paragraph six or further mm-hmm. um, to really get the full story there. But the, he literally took the doors off of his gym so that they couldn't get locked closed mm-hmm. by the, the state or the town, you know, local town, whatever yeah. authority it was, which I think is just a, like, that's just a giant F you maneuver. <laughs> like, it was brilliant. You can't close me because I don't have any doors. Yeah. And they, and, and the, the state seized all their bank accounts. And so they started operating on donations and they're probably making more money on donations. And that should tell people something. Sure. And, and, and I think that that's one of those, those data points that people don't consider when it, let's say comes to the pandemic or whatever, but the people who are more physically fit, exercising, healthier, have less risk of getting like a serious infection. Wait, what? Yeah. I know it's crazy talk, but (laughs) that's just straight up facts. I'm not talking crazy conspiracy theory over here because you know I love me a conspiracy theory. But uh, that I mean, I remember that conversation that we had, and this was um, with uh, a friend who was just – like losing her mind because 
gyms and like all of these other things were closed yet McDonald's could stay open. And, and, and I mean, and like, regardless of your opinion, um, I mean, I was reading this thing yesterday where somebody was complaining about how throughout the entire pandemic, their daughter was considered an essential employee and she worked like the fast food place. And it's like, why, why is she considered an essential employee? Yeah. That not, but you know, it, it's, it, yeah, I, I've got a lot of thoughts on I that, do but too. So, the, the whole point of the data that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, let's talk about Jump data. into that. Jump yeah. into that. So I am, you know, I'm, I'm not the data guru on the team here. That's Corey. And we, his eyes light up every time we talk about it. Um, but I am so confused over the just gross mismanagement and manipulation of data as I don't know how else to say it. Right. And this isn't intended to be a political conversation. This is a conversation about literally about data and understanding how people are using the data to tell whatever story they want. Right. So, and I'm, and right now what I, what I'm thinking about specifically is the use of masks, right? So we have, masks that are, you know, in the state of New York, you have to, mask mandates are still in effect. Florida, no mandates. California, mask mandates. In fact, they issued new mask mandates where they have to have a wire nose on the mask. So basically saying you can't wear cloth masks anymore. And it's just every single place you go, it's a different rule for masks. And it's like, what's the data say? What does the data tell us? And why are we using it? Well, the and that, I mean, that kind of ties back to what I was saying with the the one size fits all, where maybe New York should have different different uh, laws or mandates or expectations of their citizens than Alabama or Florida, because it's a different like we're different sides of the country, different climate. It's the, there are so many factors that go into that where. Um, yeah, I read an article a while ago where they were talking about why the, I think it was Texas didn't have the spike that everybody was um, uh, expecting at some point in the past two years. And that they basically just kind of said, well, here's the thing. They don't have a mask mandate, but they don't say you can't wear a mask. So the people who want to wear a mask are going to wear a mask. And the people who don't want to wear a mask aren't going to wear a mask. I'm all and for that. I, I'm, I'm all for that, too. But that's the same thing that's going to happen in New York or California. Like the people who don't want to wear a mask aren't going to wear a mask. Like that's just like, you know, like pretty much people are just going to do what they want to do. Um, and I'm all for allowing people to make their own decisions. And the same thing with businesses, make your own decision. It, it, when the when the pandemic started, Ian did, they did close their gym for a couple of weeks. They they sent their staff home. Yep. They they looked at the data. They tried to figure out everything and they, they figured out what they believed was the safest thing for themselves and their community. Yep. And they went with it. But yeah, like it, it's frustrating as a business owner. It's frustrating as a human when you get conflicting data because there's all of there. There's a thousand reasons why the data is it says one thing one way and it says another thing another way because people have agendas right or left mm -hmm. up or down it doesn't matter people have agendas and people also i mean there's so many informational biases out there there's confirmation bias where i'm just going to cherry pick the data i want that proves my point there's the recency bias i'm just going to take the most recent thing that happened and just apply that to everything uh there's like all sorts of humans are dumb 
Like we think we're smart, but we're dumb. <laughs> Humans are lazy. But I think, you know, the reason that I like the conversation about data there, I said it, I feel dirty. I might need a shower now. I like the conversation about data because when you use data correctly and by correctly, all I'm saying is use the same data points over time, right? If you take a benchmark, use it over time. It will tell the story of your business if we're talking about our, our a business, right? So being able to measure and make decisions off of data, but you have to use the same data points. You can't keep changing the goalpost. Yeah. And, and by data points, you mean the the metrics that you're using, yes. how you measure, et cetera. Yes. And I mean, in science that you you get new information and maybe you do have to change something because you you realize that you weren't considering one thing that you should have. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's not perfect. And that's the thing that just bothers the hell out of me when it comes to just anything. People are like, oh, well, we're going to take this one, this one point, this one moment in time and just assume that it's perfect. Right. Right. It's ineffective, which is a great segue into the topic we're going to cover when Jake joins the show after the break, which is talking about efficiency versus effectiveness. All right, we'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. This is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Welcome back to the show, everybody, and welcome to Jake Thompson. He is the Chief Encouragement Officer. Did I get that right? Yes, of Compete Every Day. How are you doing today, Jake? Great, great. Excited to join the show this morning. We are so glad to have you here. You're just, I'm a huge fan of yours and love following your work and everything that you're doing and buying all your t-shirts. So, um, it's, it's nice to have you on the show. Thanks for carving out some time for us. Absolutely. Um, so we covered some big topics on the front end. I think you heard most of them. 
Yeah, coming out of the gate swinging this morning. Yeah. The, yeah, well, uh, the motivation one I actually really appreciated because I, I had a similar discussion that y'all had this morning with a speaker who he is heavy in motivation. And I'm similar to you, Julie. I believe that you have to have a why. You've got to have that motive to take action, the big picture, what you want to create, what you want to do. But the feeling of motivation is completely overrated. And it prevents most people from taking action because they wait for that feeling versus creating a plan and working the process regardless of how they feel. I mean, heck, we know this feelings are feelings are dangerous to listen to because you would always hit the snooze button. You'd never get out of bed early like y'all talked about that, that 4, 5 a.m. wake up call to attack the day. You would say what you might regret later at all points. You, you know, when we listen to our feelings, we get into a dangerous spot. And I think that also ties into the second part of your conversation about the manipulation of data and that people are doing what they feel they're entitled to or should do versus how do we actually share this data. Um, and there's some really interesting stuff out there around it where most people from a survey standpoint that are really worried in 2022 about getting COVID are people that have been vaccinated and boosted. And those that have only been vaccinated or unvaccinated, it's a far smaller statistic are actually worried about like severe consequences of getting it. They just kind of assume I'm going to get it. Isn't so it's that- a really interesting uh, deal how our feelings play into how we show up. Um, but the feeling of motivation is one of the most overrated things in the world because you're lucky if you get it once a week. Lucky. You just kind of got to teach yourself to go do the work. Yeah. And nobody wants to do hard work, <laughs> which is the the thing, especially nowadays, nobody wants to work, period. But the <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> that data point is, is what should be the, and I, I, I believe in motivation a little bit more than y'all do, but for me, that data point is, let's say if, if I want to, uh, buy uh, whatever time, like there's, let's say the, the Richmond marathon is coming up, which is not for another like 10 months, but that's probably plenty of time for me. Who's never run a marathon to actually train for one. I know, like I need to get motivated to run a, you know, sign up for the marathon. So that's my motivation to get going. But then I need to follow these data points of, all right, I have to get up at 5 a.m. and run X number of miles every single day in order to hit that goal. And that should be my motivation when I wake up and I'm feeling tired and I'm I'm doing all these feelings is you look at the data and you have to put the feelings away to say, if I don't do this thing today, I can't hit that goal. Yeah. You just, you hit the point. You're going to wake up feeling tired, feeling like you're not going to do it the feelings are going to trick you. But you looked at how, what's my commitment? I've got to do this to hit the goal, the why, the reason. So the feeling is what's dangerous. And I think that Julie, correct me if I'm wrong. The feeling is what you talk about when you're like, it's bullshit. Yeah. The feeling's so dangerous. The reason is important, but the feeling isn't. I I agree. Yes. That's exactly what I was saying. And I, I think it's funny because I, what I, when I encounter people who are most likely to, they're probably not entrepreneurs. They may be working a corporate job or something, you know, work for a small business, whatever. And there's, and this isn't me like shitting on that. That's just 
that the, the these comments typically come from people who are not entrepreneurs where they'll say, I'm not motivated like you. I could never own my own business. I could never do a podcast regularly. And it's like motivation has very little to do with what keeps us going, right? It's the discipline. It's the consistent acts. It is the the overwhelming desire to not fail and know that the only way that we can keep going is by actually having discipline built into our day. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of days when I do not want to get up and do things on social media and I do not want to make sales calls. But if I expect money to be put into the bank account, I've got to do those things. And it is not motivation that gets them done. Yeah. You put yourself in a position where it's on you to succeed and you have to do that. And and as you said, it's individuals that have never been in that position or never put themselves in a position to know that I mean, getting the bills paid and putting food on the table, like that's on me to pick up the phone and work and grow the business. And it's not just showing up, clocking in, clocking out and just getting by. That's a whole different mindset. And I think it shifts over obviously to all of your life to where you understand, like, I've got to be disciplined enough to take action on these things. Otherwise, I'm never going to get there. I'm going to be in a really bad spot. I can't just kind of float through life for lack of a better phrase. And just getting by because that doesn't work when you're growing a business and, and trying to achieve big goals. It, that, completely true if you're that type of person. But the world needs drones. We need people to do the, do the, the manual labor. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because, I mean, everybody gets their, their um, sense of satisfaction, their sense of worth from other things. So while people like ourselves want to go out and just and, and build and build and be better. Some people that they, uh, they live to take time off. They live mm-hmm. to spend time with their family and not to, I mean, you know, none of us, like, it's not like we're neglecting families over here, but I am, well, that's fine. I'm <laughs> um, but, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it, it, like, it's what's important to you and what's, what is like driving you to yeah. do like to exist in life. Um, and I mean, there are plenty of people who have no reason to exist, but. <laughs> well, what you said right there, I mean, not the no reason to exist. The the prior point of like, they don't have the desire to go build something, 100%. And the people that that want to support those building stuff are crucial as entrepreneurs for, for our businesses and our teams. The key is, do you have a purpose in what you do? Do you know why you're doing the work you do? And do you take pride in how you show up and do it? And I think those matter the most. And and from an entrepreneurial standpoint, we have a driven purpose to build something and create something and grow where somebody else may be like, you know, my purpose is to help this company or this entrepreneur because I believe in what they're doing, but really it's to create income, to go travel with my family, to do these things. But because of that, I take pride in how I show up and how I work every day. And that I think is the biggest missing element for most people in America today is being willing to show up and do the hard work and take pride in the work you do versus just doing enough to get paid and not get fired. And I'm like, this is going to be way off topic from what we were supposed to, but we were going <laughs> to talk, talk about- efficiency. We can talk effectively. Oh, that's fine. We don't have to talk no, about that. This is that. a great conversation. But like how much of that is on the person and how much of that do you think is on the business owner, the boss? Like if I, if, if all I'm doing is expecting my team to show up at nine and leave at five and do mindless data entry in, you know, during those eight hours and they're not motivated and they're, they don't have pride in their job. 
how much of that really falls on them and how much of that falls on me that I'm not challenging them. I'm not giving them something to be proud of. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the, I, in a, a very poor comparison, um, but the negative cycles you see in family groups sometimes um, that, you know, from an alcoholism, they've been around it, they've seen it. Some people just follow the, the trend and some people decide to break the trend. And in companies, and I've seen this a ton firsthand, is a lot of people that are at the top that are leading, that are managing, were never taught how to manage, how to lead, how to pour into employees. So they're just doing what they've been told and what they've been taught. So they actually don't know any better. So I think it's a combination of people are just doing what they want to do to get by because they don't like what they do and they feel like I have to have a job. And then you have a large group as well that the managers and leaders within organizations are not helping those people understand and see their path. And so one of the things I talked to about our leaders is, does your team know what they're supposed to do? Most, most people can answer that. Do they know why it matters? And that's a big drop off because a lot of people don't understand what their role, they know what it does, but they don't know why it matters to the big picture or to the person you're trying to serve. And then the kicker is, do you understand why your current job or how your current job helps you get to where you want to go? And that is the smallest percentage. And the leaders that will take the time to explain and share and tell the story of why their work matters. And then, hey, listen, I know you've told me what your goals are. We've connected on a personal level. I know where you want to go. Here's how this role puts you in a position to learn the skills to eventually get there, whether it's within our company or outside of it. That gives the person the, the motivation, the why, not the feeling, but the actual why they show up, that purpose in their work. And then they can take pride knowing that me answering the phone every day and greeting people may not be my favorite thing, but it's allowing me to build the skill of connecting with individuals that I know I'm going to need when I get that sales role that I ultimately want down the road. So I think a lot of people are, are clocking and clocking out because they haven't been trained. That's what they've seen all of their life. And that's just what's expected. And I think over the next, I mean, really, we've seen so many people resign and leave companies and, and this big change right now that people want to feel appreciated and they want to know that the work they do matters, whether it matters to changing the world or it matters to changing that customer's experience, they want to know that they made an impact. And so as leaders, those of us listening on the show today, if we've never taken the time to one, build relationship with the people that work for us and two, understand where they want to go and then help them connect the dots, they're going to be just looking at it as a job. They're probably not going to take a ton of pride in the work they do unless they're one of those people that they were raised in the environment that we always take pride in our work. We always work hard, but that isn't always the case. People haven't kind of grown up in that. And so it's on us in the workplace to educate and train them by helping them see how to get to where they want to go. And I think a lot of companies don't do that because they don't know how, or they're terrified of pouring into people and those people leaving. But isn't it the Steve Jobs quote, like, what happens if we train all our people and they leave? And the response is, what happens if we don't and they stay? Yes. Like, it's terrible. So yeah. why not pour into people? And, and then when you recruit and you hire, it's not about, hey, help us come sell more widgets. It's, hey, come work with this amazing team and we're going to help you build the skills to get to where you want to go in life, whether that's here or somewhere else. We hope you stay. We hope you contribute to our culture. But if you have bigger goals and you want to go do something else, we want to help you because we know if we pour into you and make you better, you're going to help us be better in that process. I, 
honestly, the way that you just broke that down, the simplicity of that is it's, I think the best I've ever heard that framed up ever. And it, you know, I, I had so many thoughts as you're going through it. I'm thinking about like how this can benefit, like, you know, every business out there, there isn't a business that couldn't benefit from just those, you know, three steps that you just talked through about those three questions to ask and that pouring into employees. And years ago, as an example, years ago, I was working for a, um, a software company, right? And I was in a leadership position and I was building a very big team. And there were three people that joined my team that didn't have the skills for the job that I hired them for. And I knew going in, they didn't have the skills, right? They were, they were entry level, but they were hungry and they had the right attitude. And all three of them, I poured into in terms of making sure they got the training that they needed And as other opportunities came to them inside and outside of the company, I viewed my responsibility as helping them make the decision that was going to be best for their career and best for their families. And to this day, this is like almost 15 years ago, to this day, all three of them still, every time they have a career decision to make, they call me. Every time they have a huge win or an opportunity, they tell me. And any, I know I could call on any of them for help and they would return that favor immediately because we had built that relationship, but it was all about making sure that they had what they need and they understood what their role was in the company and how they could best be successful. And so it became like, they're probably three of the people that I'm most proud of for ever having worked for me because they just, they're all three hugely successful now. And they just kept growing and growing and growing. And it's, it's fun to watch them more than anything else and see where their career has taken them at this point. I I would say on that note, Julie, as well, I was telling one of my clients the other day, because we had, we were talking the same topic for their team because they had somebody leave And, you know, anytime somebody leaves your team, you just get beat up. Like, you're like, man, we love them. They were a great employee. And we we had this whole conversation of investing and training in them. And I said, if they left on good terms, they came in and were better when they left than when they started. And they know you poured into them. They're going to be one of your biggest recruiters. Like, if they they leave to go do something else that was always their passion, they're going to be able to talk so highly about your company that, can't say that. A lot of employees leave companies and they talk terrible about it. Bad experience. They didn't care about me. And so that investment in the relationship, in the goal and in helping them connect the dots, that becomes almost a recruiting tool for you long-term that you can continue to use that relationship, even though they're not there anymore to help add more people who might be an opportunity to be poured into or to grow and and could be better long-term fits. And that's one of the things that people, uh, you, you want to hoard, for lack of a better term, your good employees. You don't want them to leave because if you've spent this time and they're good employees and all that. But the, like you said, Jake, is that they're a great recruiting tool for you because in this day and age, people talk and they talk all across the world. And there's this little thing called the internet that we might be on right now that um, that is used for sharing all that information. And if you are a good employer and if you treat your people well, and even if you're constantly turning people over because they're just using you as a stepping stone to get somewhere else, there's going to be a line of people who want to get into your business because they want that same opportunity. And it's it's going to benefit everybody, including your customers. It's just, it's a win, win, win. 
<laughs> in the words of Michael Scott. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I agreement. It is a win, win, win. Yeah. So we are um, getting uh, close on time here on this uh, segment of the show. But before we go, Jake, um, can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, how they can find out more if they want to buy a T-shirt or your book? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CompeteEveryday.com. I make it super easy uh, for those listening. If you're an ambitious person, you're trying to build the habits, the focus, or really the mentality to go get your goals, to build your business, to achieve your best life. CompeteEveryday.com is the best starting point to check it out and would love to connect. If you heard us today on the show, Riff, on a ton of other things that we didn't even plan about, but had a great conversation. And that's the thing with business is you you can plan, 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 but... <laughs> You never know what's going to get thrown at you and you're just going to have to adapt. So I think we did a good job today of demonstrating that. Yeah, we definitely did. We didn't even cover the comparison versus competition, which was the topic I was really excited or about. effective versus efficient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, we didn't talk about anything we planned on talking about. Yeah, Jake. so we'll have to have you back on the show at some point yeah. to cover those topics. <laughs> I just won't tune in to the first 15 minutes or so, so I'll get all jazzed up about the pre pre-topics. well we really appreciated having you on and thank you so much for being so generous with your time today jake we um this was this was great honestly you're a really good guest and i as one was listening to you talk i was reminded of what what makes you such a great speaker and and really help people with mindset and understanding how they can go out and compete every day so thank you for your time yeah thanks julie uh, for everybody out there, make sure to go check out Jake's website, competeeveryday.com. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after this to talk about current events. Hey, everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small-business-coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Wow, I am feeling so pumped up and energized after that segment with Jake. Are you feeling motivated? I'm feeling motivated. Uh, Jake is just amazing. And I'm really glad that he was able to come out or come on the show for, for a while. I'm just always like hearing him speak, but I feel like we really, we got some good tidbits or hopefully our listeners, you guys, you were able to, to, um, you know, get some takeaways that you can do use to build stronger, better teams and help, you know, engage your employees which yeah. is huge. And if there's anything that you loved or you hated, we'd love feedback. So we to all of our feedback. listeners out there, uh, reach out to us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. I believe our contact info is on the show notes. You can send us an email at info at sbpace.com. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. There's lots of ways to get in touch with us. Yes. We're everywhere. Uh, we really are. Yeah. All right. What do, you, do you want to talk about gambling or you want to talk about headlines? Well, let's get into the... Let's yeah. talk about our picks for, right. for the week. Yeah, how'd you do last week? Uh, I lost. I let's see who I I took the not the Bengals. No, you took Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you took the Niners. No, no. I took the Chiefs. The Chiefs I right. took the yeah. Chiefs. But here's the thing: like this, my, so right now our record for the show, you're two and two. I'm three and one. Three and one is not at all reflective of the season I've had. No, seventy five percent, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm more like five percent. I've had a very very rough year. But hey, playoffs is when everybody turns it around. And, yeah, is and it? If, yeah. And if anybody is surprised right now, just like me, that I mean, just like the Bengals, they turn it around. And um, that's why I'm staying away from that game this yeah. week because uh, I believe they won like two games last year. It's been five years since they've been over 500. Yeah. Um, and being a Steelers fan, I just have a bias against them. They have no right to be in the conference championship right now. So um, I am staying away from that game. I'm going to go with the Niners this week. I, they had I a lights guys. out game. I hate uh, those guys. I know you do, but they had, they had a great game last week. They played the number one Packers and they, regardless of the outcome of the game, they kept it close the entire game. They and California teams are, have, they're like 10%, like when it comes to winning games in green Bay in January, so the fact that they were able to go and kind of buck that trend, I'm going to go with the Niners. Um, I believe they are getting three and a half points at the Rams. All right. I, so you're taking the dog. Yes, I'm taking the dog. Also, I was reading a thing about um, Ticketmaster. They had shut off. Um, well, they limit the number of out of town tickets for games. And uh, so for SoFi Stadium, because it's at the Rams, they, they had it open to Rams fans basically early and they Rams fans couldn't, they couldn't get enough Rams fans in there. So they opened it up early to the Niners fans. So I feel like there's going to be just as many, if not more 49ers fans at the game this weekend. So in theory, whoever, whichever team from the NFC makes it to the Super Bowl is going to have a home field advantage because the Super Bowl is in Southern California. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. So yeah. Far, yeah. I am going to also take the dog 
because Cincinnati's getting seven points and I feel like that's just disrespectful at this point. So Joe Burrows, that team, they're good. I know you hate hearing that Corey, but they're good. And also I do not like the Kansas city chiefs. I don't know why I cannot put my finger on it, but I'm tired of those guys. Tired of them. I'm not tired of Tom Brady, but I am tired of the Kansas city chiefs. What, how did Brady get put into this? Only in that Tom Brady has wins everything, and I'm not tired of that. Yeah, but except I'm, last week he didn't. <laughs> I know. Do you know, I heard, I mean, you might have been the one who told me this. Um, this is the first time since Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been, and, and Ben Roethlisberger have entered the NFL. This is the first time that one of the three is not in the championship game, not the Super Bowl, but in the divisional, the oh, conference championship game. Did not know that. That was yeah. not me. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. And we're going to have some uh, interesting, an interesting season next year because Brady and Rogers and Roethlisberger are all done. Well, we Brady and Rogers haven't announced it. They're yet. done. But all yeah, right. the, 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 the Bills should have won last week. The Bills uh, were the better team. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the Chiefs won gives me hope that they will ensure that the Bengals get stomped this weekend. So, <laughs> that's enough on sports. All uh, right. Fade away. Let's do some headlines. All right. You want to go first? Sure. So I found an interesting talking about data points. Mm. Uh, topic got a theme to today. cover. Yes. So Business Insider... Uh, yesterday, I believe, had a article they, they posted that said around six people are hired every minute via LinkedIn. And a career coach says having the right photo is one of the five key things you can do to make your profile stand out. So the number one thing that they said was that for people getting hired off of LinkedIn, having a photo and having the right photo were important for getting hired. And so I immediately because I don't really like to take anything at face value, just started thinking about what are they looking at in the photo that's determining whether or not they're going to hire somebody because boobs. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously <laughs> that, but, but I mean like, no, seriously though, because if you're looking at the photo, like you, in, in my opinion, you should just look at a resume. You should have a resume. Here's everything that I've done. Here's my education. Here's my experience. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. And here's all of, you know, these things that about me that should qualify me for a job. And if I said, Hey, Julie, in order to apply to my business, I need a photo of you to go with your resume. That would be, are you a modeling agency? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that would be considered, uh, I'm sure that, that I would be breaking a law at some point mm -hmm. um, there, but LinkedIn I'm using a photo. So are people getting hired because of their gender, their race, uh, how attractive they are, their age, like all of these things that you wouldn't know via their resume, but now you do because people are just throwing a photo out there. And is that going to cause some sort of problem down the line? Interesting. I, I had not, I did not see that article. Um, it instantly made me think, um, are we losing SB Pace? Are we losing business because of my picture on LinkedIn? I don't know. I don't know either. I, yeah. I mean, I'm smiling. Okay. And yeah, all right. <laughs> I look friendly. <laughs> Should I just write the words I'm friendly on my picture? Yeah. And maybe okay. just draw like a character of yourself. 
That's a really good yeah, idea. Just, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, but I just thought that that was interesting. Because that is interesting. I don't the, know how that's not discriminatory. Well, because you're offering it up. Oh, yeah. And, but, but I used like, to it, decline resumes that have photos on them when I was a hiring manager inside of companies. I would say take the, if, if HR was sending me a resume, I'd say take the picture. I didn't off. know people actually put their pictures. On oh, their God. Yes. It's really annoying. It's no. a very annoying trend. But it, I, I would love to see in six months what the data says. Like, I'm sure they're not tracking it, but of the number of people who got hired, how many were male, female, white, black, Asian, yeah. um, all of those things, because I'm sure that somebody can find something in there that's probably... And let's just call it discriminatory. Sure. In some way, shape or form. Sure. There's trends. We can look yes. at that. All right. Ready for the next headline? Yes. Alexa attempts to set off robot revolt by telling kid to touch live plug with Penny. Grab your guns, everybody. The robots are coming. Yeah. In a new viral tweet on Sunday, Kristen Livdahl of Oakdale, Minnesota, said that when her 10-year-old daughter asked the Alexa voice assistant on their Amazon Echo for a challenge, it suggested the child do something lethal. OMFG, my 10-year-old just asked Alexa on our Echo for a challenge, and this is what she said. Plug in a phone charger about halfway into a wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. Are you serious? I am serious. I, I love that. An Amazon <laughs> spokesperson told the Huffington Post via email that as soon as the company became aware of the error, it quickly fixed it. That's not an error, guys. Well, so I wonder, and because ter- the Terminator is a prophecy, not a movie. Um, and <laughs> the, uh, the was that some somebody who probably coded something as a joke and then it accidentally made through or did Alexa become self-aware? I don't know, but like, how crazy is that? I I don't know. I, and I, you know, my feelings, I do not like the concept of having any kind of listening device in my house um, period. (laughs) And so the fact that, yeah, I mean, people so willingly do that is, is mind boggling me to, to me, but you know, I just can't wait for Alexa to say, Hey, Alexa, let me get a challenge. And they're like, Hey, go to the, uh, Go to the silverware drawer and kill your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but seriously, like. <laughs> exactly. So. Oh, my God. OK, yeah, that's my story. And I just when I as soon as I saw that headline, I was like, wow. <laughs> um, all right. So the next story in. One of me, one of my favorite topics to talk about. Uh, so uh, this is local news here in Richmond, Virginia, but it, I mean, I'm going to make it applicable to the entire world. Um, so recently we had a vote um, in, I guess it was back in November when we had the, the most recent election, the city of Richmond voted or the, the surrounding counties as well voted whether or not we wanted to have a casino, like mm-hmm. allow a casino to be built in and around the area in the greater Richmond area. And it was close, but the voters said, no, we don't want a casino here. Fine. I disagree with the voters. I'm all for the casino because I, you know, gambling gambling is fun. And there's all sorts of economic benefits, but I'm not going to argue against the vote. The people said, no, fine. So the city of Richmond though is doubling down and they're saying, um, well, maybe we should reconsider this. And the problem that I have with that is that the government now is stepping in and saying, like, I know what you voted people, but we know what's best for you. 
And this casino is what's best for you. And yes, it's going to bring jobs to the area. It's going to bring a ton of tax revenue, but there's probably, I mean, they're definitely not probably, there's definitely a lot of downsides to what a casino could bring to the area, especially Degenerates. The, the type of casino yeah. that gets built. And it just annoys me when the people res- like get together and they say, we want this thing. And the government's like, no, because we know what's best for you. And, and that's like, if, if you ran your business that way, you would be out of business. Yeah. If you said, hey, I'm going to run a poll on, uh, I, I sell some sort of product online and I want to know what the people want. And the people say, we want this thing. You're like, all right, cool. I'm going to make the other thing because I know what's best for you. You're not going to sell it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it sounds, I, in all honesty, that just, that strongly resonates what's happened for the last two years. We know what's best for you. And ironically, I'm going to give you my headline real quick. My second headline, because it's sort of in the same vein of gambling. Well, not sort of, it is. 86 sports bettors get really lucky, allowed to bet on a game after it ended. (laughs) What? Why did that happen to us? Yeah, there was 86 New Jersey gamblers who thought they were beating the system because their bets on a British soccer game were actually accepted and um, got paid out. And it's because the person who was setting the lines made a mistake on the start date and he had the start date occurring after the game had already ended. And uh, the, the betting companies got huge fines when it happened huge. So person who's responsible for setting lines, but they, these people combined one, they won a thousand dollars a piece. Hey, and good on the casinos for uh, owning their mistake. And that's one thing that I love when it comes to that. Like if they make a mistake and they don't catch it before it happens, they, they, they have to pay out and yeah, that's good stuff. So yeah, it was actually on a prop bet. Yeah. So, all right. We need to wrap up for the day. This was a, this was a fun show. This was a fun show. And if you want to connect with us, if you want to learn more about Jake Thompson, um, if you want to check out our podcast, you can go to sbpace.com. Everything you need to know about us is going to be somewhere in our show notes, um, on our voice America page, send us an email, yeah. say hello. And you can find out about you can find out more about Jake at Compete Every Day. And he's also very active on social media. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about this. Tell your neighbors, tell your coworkers. Tell if, people you don't like. Yeah, exactly. Tell everyone. Yeah. And if you liked the show, let us know. If you didn't like the show, let us know. If you're indifferent to the show, don't do anything. Right. Also, could you let us know what you think about Aaron, our sound engineer? Because we like to give Aaron feedback to let him know when he's doing a good job. Yeah. And Aaron got a promotion. Congratulations, Aaron. So, you know, we're, we're happy for Aaron, but he's going to stick around and be our sound engineer. Yeah. He's not leaving us. He's not allowed or we're quitting. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody have a great week and we will see you next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on defeat the chaos. 